Hello and welcome back to GT, the only podcast where we drink gin and tea, among other beverages we enjoy. They might be as good, we still enjoy them. And also, because I remembered this week, we also spill the tea and all things gin, tea, and otherwise beverage related. I'm your host, Sophie, and I am here today with. Me, Craig, your sidekick. <laughs> I was expecting more, Craig. You, I you, know, um, and I forgot. So I guess I could say, I forgot which letter I'm on. I think I'm on I. Ingenious, uh, indigenous, and incapable sidekick, <laughs> Craig. They're, they're, they're interesting eyes you could have picked. Yeah. You could have gone with a lot, but you know. went with random ones. I know, weird, eh? I don't know where indigenous came from. That's not even accurate. No, you're not really fitting that bill. <laughs> Craig's wearing a lovely um, yeah. salmon shirt today, yeah. which is actually... Salmon coloured, not the skin of salmon. No, you're not wearing fish. <laughs> Although, maybe, because the tea smells a little bit fishy. It does, does. You are giving away what the tea Ooh, is. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell. So we are actually, we're on episode six. We're over halfway through season two. I feel we've covered a lot so far. And um, we also have a lot of content already for season three, Craig. So, mm-hmm. which is quite exciting. Yeah. We're getting further on our gin, which you'll see on our game a bit later. And yeah, it's been good. So, we'll start with the second half of season two. And I was struggling today to ask what and what for you. But then I thought, I actually haven't asked you if you prefer port or sherry. Um. I'm not a massive drinker of either. I will occasionally enjoy a port. I find sherry a little bit too sweet, but that doesn't mean to say that I don't like it. Uh, I think sherry is okay on some occasions. You can do a lot with sherry. You can cook with sherry and things like that, can't you? You can, and the fact that you said it's sweet. Most people are used to sweet sherry, like, like an older relative drinks, mm. but actually sherry, when it's proper, should be quite dry. Mm. Same like with with port even though it's fortified it actually counts as dry rather than a sweet style because you can have a sweet style for like dessert or something else but actually you can get like different types Mm -hmm. of like just what time you take it from the still when it's kind of been fortified and when you take it off the system that it's on without going into lots of boring details about that you can get different types of when you take it through the system Mm -hmm. and then that's different types of dryness and different types of flavors because basically it forms this kind of weird moldy stuff that helps fortify with the flavors yeah yeah i do like port i like white port have you ever had white port i'm trying to think possibly it's been a while since i've tried like either and it's trying to like in the back of my head remembering all the flavors from both sherry and port Mm. so i think i probably have but it's been a long time ago i've got a friend who whenever he comes to visit brings a bottle of port that's his favorite tipple okay and i guess with port like well i have my gin you have it neat Oh yeah, and cherry. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but you don't even question that. But gin. It's because gin's got this absolute massive kick in the throat. Not all gins, which we have found, like last week with the yeah, that's true. sherbet pineapple sherbet gin. You wouldn't have mixed that, and you didn't want to mix the bubblegum gin either. Well, but the bubblegum gin was pretty sweet. I think that's the problem. Like the sweetness defeats the uh, sharpness of the alcohol, but some are just too alcoholic. Yes, that is true. Some are a lot higher in ABV than others, which probably then affects what you mix it with yeah. and whether you could enjoy it without having a mixer. Yeah. Oh, well, well, at least we had a little sherry and port discussion. Mm-hmm. We could talk about, we had like our wine gin, so it's kind of on that kind of whiny note again with that knowledge. That Stop whining on. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I was not whining on. I'd like to add. 
But um, yes, we're on on that. Um, we'll, we'll move from the wine and go to the tea. That's a rubbish bridge. Well, all right. We'll go to the truth of the tea, the tea of the matter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what we've got. Okay. <laughs> well, you put me on the spot because you're calling me whiny, and I was like, no, no, I'm not with that. Well, is wine produced by fermentation? Uh, well, you get the grapes and you kind of can ferment them a little bit. So but it depends. It depends on what you want. If you want the dessert wine, you kind of leave them for ferment and rot on the vine. If you want a really nice, yeah, like ice wine. Lots of sugar in the... Exactly. It gets the fruit. sugar concentrate. And also a nice one, you have to freeze the grapes on the vine. So they're fermenting. You get this noble rot coming through. And when the noble rot is on the grapes, and then you have to get really cold conditions where it's only in some kind of to freeze it on to mm. make nice sweetness. And yeah, it's nice. Yeah, that ice wine's really sweet, isn't it? It's yep, yep. crazy sweet. Yep. Canadian yep. ice wine. Yeah, it's not just Canadian. You can get it in Germany as well. Oh, okay. and like, it has to be a cold climate. It can't be a warm climate, but Canadian is... But don't they blast it with... Um... Uh, what's that stuff? Liquid nitrogen? No, you're not meant to. Oh, right, okay. That would probably do other stuff. Coolio. <laughs> All right, but well, before the tea coolios. <laughs> okay, that was better. Yeah, okay, you give me that one. Uh, what tea have we got to try today? Because I'm worried it's going to go cold. Pu'er, we're drinking pu'er. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was kind of going on about fermentation. This is a fermented tea from China. And it comes in a lovely little disc, which you'll see on our Instagram Beautiful, this week when the yeah. picture it comes in a disc. It looks like a cake of horse manure or elephant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm going to be blunt, that's what it looks like. That is what this tea looks like. And it smells a bit weird. Have you ever had poor tea before? No. This mm. is one of the ones you said I should try and yeah. I should enjoy. So this one was another one where, it's, like I said, it came in this cake that you got. Mm -hmm. like, cake tea which is a really kind of odd thing when most of us come with loose leaf whereas yeah. this is like cake together with the tea yeah. and then it went through the manatee strainers in the cup Ooh. and you said i'm not to try it with milk and that's as far as we got yeah so this is one of china's famous six teas um and it falls into an interesting bracket of being a fermented tea now um you've just taken a sip of it but before you take a sip of it okay sorry i will pretend that didn't happen what kind of tea do you think that is? It reminds me a bit of do you think it's a black chai. Tea? It's black, but it reminds me a bit of like chai or Assam. It could be the fact that we're using the same manatees from the chai. It reminds you of Assam. Yeah. Urgh, spot on, Sophie. So it isn't actually a black tea. It's sort of a green tea. Okay. Uh, the fermentation makes the leaves go really dark colour. So it is actually treated as a green tea, but it's in its own category. Right. Um, so you've got yellow tea, pu'er tea, green tea, black tea, oolong tea, and white tea. They're the categories of tea. Um, but interestingly enough, it is produced not from Camellia sinensis var sinensis, which is the small leaf tea plant. It's produced from Camellia sinensis var samica, the big leaf tea plant, the same as Assam. Oh, so yeah, because when I thought I thought Assam, and then I was like, oh, but is it chai? And I was like, no, I think it's Assam. So you know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe my palate for tea is yes. is getting better. It's certainly got that kind of ruby glow, hasn't it, that you get with an Assam tea? Yeah. So it's quite interesting. So as I say, it's a fermented tea from China, and it's been uh, consumed in China. Mostly, it's produced in Yunnan and southwest China, where it's mm -hmm. a little bit more tropical, down in Kunming and things like that, where it's a bit more uh, tropical. And it was a huge trade for the people of Kunming uh, coming out. And again, it's the horse tea caravan. Yep. So it started in Kunming, which is in southwest China. 
in Yunnan province. And the horses would transport bags and bags and bags of cakes of this poor tea up through Lijiang uh, and up through Yunnan, all the way up into Tibet, across the Tibetan plateau and then into Central Asia and then towards the, the west. And uh, they would be selling the horses and the tea. <laughs> so um, quite amazing. It's, uh, it's picked and unlike other green tea where you would pick the bud and sort of two leaves with the puer tea you're picking the bud and up to three or four leaves okay so you're actually getting some older leaves in the mix mm -hmm. um which brings a much stronger uh, more developed flavor right so we know that picking a fresh bud and fresh leaf would be like the white tea yep. or a young black tea but this is going right in it's then going, it goes through a really complicated process of rolling, mm -hmm. wetting, right, and then fermentation. And when it's getting wetted, it's formed into these different shapes. So typically you see, like we've got on the podcast and this tea here, uh, came in what are called cakes. And that, what we've got is quite a small cake because that was, that small cake of tea was about £10. So yep. the big cakes that you buy are like 40 or £50. So it's an expensive tea an for expensive the quantity. Tea. But why is it so much like, is it because there's not as much grown or is it the quality? Because when you think you get your own like normal brand breakfast tea, it's, you get a lot in your bags for your money, it's, whereas this yeah. you don't. It's not massive production. It's not that popular in the West. Uh, it's extremely popular in China. Um, but it's down to quality. It's a, it's a high quality tea. Uh, and it's a bit more expensive because it's got all these different processes involved in the making of it. What's quite interesting is the whole process was not standardised until the 1950s. Wow. And then finally in the 1970s, you have the modern thing. Um, up until that time, for a few thousand years, it was everybody did it slightly differently. But there's now a standardised form of puer tea making. So you get yeah. it in a cake. You also get it in a nest, which is like a little dome. Mm -hmm. uh, you get it formed into a brick. You can get it formed into a square. Now, those are set. They've got like a little edge on them. And, and often they've got like a decorative pattern oh, okay. in the mould, which is really cool. Uh, you get it in a mushroom, which just looks like a big toadstool. You get them in dragon pearls, which are like round balls, which you just plop into your cups. You get them in golden melon shapes as well, which look like little satsumas. We would look at it and think it was a satsuma shape, but they call it a melon shape. And each of the different shapes denotes different uh, manufacturing, different processing, different quality of, of the tea. So what we've got would be considered your fairly standard poor cake. Poor, poor cake. It's a fairly standard okay. version of it. Um, it's wonderful dark colour because of the fermentation. Mm -hmm. And that's got that kind of foresty smell, that kind of slight composty it does remind me of composty kind of smell mm. to it which is it's nice and i'm enjoying it without the milk yeah like, of course because uh it would never be consumed in china with milk because they just don't drink milk the only exception to that would be sometimes the tibetans make their uh, yak butter milk yep. tea their yak butter tea i should say with puer tea because it's a strong tea and if you've ever tasted that it tastes like drinking stilton cheese like it's like really, liquid cheese yeah it's really got really oh. rich buttery creaminess but it's full of caffeine uh, and actually if i did a study on it when i was out in lijiang and it's extremely addictive people get like addicted to this buffalo tea this buffalo milk tea 
Oh. Yeah, weird, eh? That is very strange. I can just imagine people go, oh, what are you having? Oh, and then they're drinking this, and then they're almost like every day, it's like, oh, I'm on buffalo milk tea, yeah. until you kind of can't wean yourself off it. It probably costs as much as other stuff, yeah, like yeah. cigarettes or something yeah, at this exactly, rate exactly. that people have. So the smell of it's quite off-putting, I think, but the taste of it's really nice. For the darkness of it and the, the aroma on the nose, you'd think it would be an extremely strong tea to drink but it's actually quite i think quite a light tea to drink it's quite light on the palate because we left it in and it's gone like this deep dark color it almost looks like a deep coffee almost with the yeah, color yeah. but it's actually light which is why it reminded me of Assam because Assam's such a light tea and it's got that lightness but i wouldn't think it's a green tea into that green tea category yeah because of the color and just what the pure cake looks like as well but the taste tastes like a green tea yeah it does have that green tea edge and then that lightness of the assam coming through as well and it's really quite refreshing you don't think there's going to be a lot of caffeine but i can imagine just having this and it's kind of waking me up even now when we're recording that freshness coming through exactly my eyes aren't bulging my eyes are oh you are yeah you've got Um, got that you've got your tea look of this is tea what uh what's really good about this tea is so i've had this in lijiang as i say during the tea ceremony which is an amazing process. And I think we should maybe try to do a little special video or something, record or do a tea Ooh, service, Chinese tea service, because yes, that is please. so cool. We should try and do that. I'll get the equipment for it. I've probably okay. got some little things. So I've had it like that. But it's obviously got medicinal help to it too. Okay. Um, this tea is extremely good at relieving constipation. Okay, so Craig, before we started recording, was laughing at so was like, what are you laughing at? He said, you'll find out. And I'm guessing with the kind of your little smirk that you were saying that you're laughing, this is good at con- yeah, not yeah, constipated. Yeah, I'm not yeah. constipated, so we're good. Yeah, but it'll loosen you off. Okay, so you're warning me. When I-, <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to finish my cup now. It can't be that bad. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be that bad. No, it'll be fine. We're not drinking that much. We had a... Yeah, I think you could get quite a lot from that. We only had the disc that was maybe, you know, 10 centimetres across, would you say? Yeah. Right yeah, yeah, it's from quite a across. One, but small I think we could get quite a lot of teacups from it because yeah. we didn't take that much to no, put you, into you it. You use per cup, you use about a teaspoon, about three grams, but about a teaspoon of tea. So yeah, you do so get quite a lot out of it. That is true. But it is still quite expensive. It is expensive for what you have and thinking about quantity to yeah. like weight and what it is. And it comes in actually this really kind of cool paper as well. Because mm-hmm. when you ordered it, it, it came in like it's almost this waxy paper mm-hmm. just to keep it fresh. Yeah, it keep must the be. moisture out, I guess, as well. Yeah, because the, the, the cake is not moist at all. It's like dry, fermented. Very dry. And you, and you have to break the, it up. Because as well, it's not with lots of other teas, of course, the, the leaf is uh, like shredded, mm-hmm. like cut up. Whereas this is basically just rolled. So the leaves and the stems remain whole. Yeah. So if you take a like when I was breaking it apart, you can see the full leaves and stuff like yeah. that. And you, through it, you can see the full leaves and there's like a grey, grey bits and stuff. In you it. could actually, because I looked at it and it was like, even though it was caked together, it looked like you could see the leaves for it yeah. and kind of the mush with the leaves to yeah, kind of yeah. create it. And it was quite interesting to see, even though it also looks a bit like manure. It does look like manure. It looks like a dry cowpat. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what I was thinking, although it was kind of shaped because it's got like, it looks a bit like a weird discus shape, the one we've got. Yeah. But do you like it? I do like it. It's actually quite refreshing because I, I, I was thinking, I haven't had Assam in a while and this remind me of it. And I'm, I'm, I might quite like that again because I've, what did I have? I got into Rooibos recently mm-hmm. because I was quite like, I know that hasn't got the caffeine in, but sometimes I just wanted something tea and something a bit different. So yeah. I bought some and yeah, been drinking yeah. that. And yeah, this is nice as something different to have and enjoy. Yeah. 
I would yeah. probably drink it again. Good. Well, that's uh, good. Because um, some of the teas, like, well, most of them I drink again. But this one I'd pick willingly without thinking, oh, I, I need to try this again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the Lapsang yeah. Sujong, which yes. is smoky. I've still got I'm, that in I'm the cupboard. Like and one of the manatees is still redundant because it stinks of it, <laughs> which does make me chuckle. does make me chuckle quite a bit. You, you can hear us sometimes just plonking the, the cups down as yeah. we're drinking it, which is the kind of little chink. Oh, I'm still drinking mine. You, well, you can give us a top more tips while I finish. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain how you. So if you are lucky enough to get your get yourself, you're out in China and you are down in Kunming or down in Yunnan anyway, um, and you get yourself one of these tea cakes and bring it back, it's quite a straightforward process. You just need to use something like a little hammer or, in our case, a little uh, rolling, rolling pin, pin. <laughs> to break <laughs> off the section of tea that you want. As I say, you're needing about three grams or a teaspoon per cup. Um, boil up your water get it to boiling put it in your cups to heat your cups up first slosh that out that's kind of reminiscent of the chinese tea ceremony actually they do a lot of cleaning and warming up of the porcelain before and they have this little jade it's often like an ox or a little pig or a lion or something and they pour the hot water onto the jade and when it changes the color of the jade then it's good for serving Oh, we'll have to get some jade then. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so you do that. Heat up your cups, first of all. That gets the cups nice and warm, the receptacle nice and warm. By that time, your kettle of water will have cooled down to about 80 degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. Put in your tea, uh, in our case, into a manatee. Yes. Uh, like not an actual manatee. You'd never fit one of those in your cup. Oh, no. No. And then pour your sort of 80 degrees water onto the tea. Wait about three minutes you'll see the colour will start to very quickly change um, and then drink, slowly sip away at it. Yeah, it was good. I, I did enjoy it and we left the manatees out when it had turned the colour of the cup and it didn't take that long for it to yeah, actually to brew through. Quick. Yeah. Um, I think it must be with the leaves and how porous they are because the manatees are for any tea leaves and yeah. some of the others that we've tried with them have taken a bit longer yeah. to kind of like infuse through the water, Yeah. whereas this seemed quite quick, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, thumbs up to Pu'er. Lovely. Pu'er, Pu'er, you are gooder. Pu'erfect. No, that's not, no. Funny that it's, um, (laughs) funny that it's Pu'er and relieves constipation. Yeah, I guess you could make that that joke. Um, Yeah, but it's spelled differently. It's P-U. P-U, yeah, yeah. Hyphen E-R-H. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, if you're looking it up, that's how you spell it. Because some of these T's I've had to kind of learn how to spell. And um, I also had to learn how to spell properly our gin. There you go. There's bridge. That's a link. Yeah. It works. It works. Yeah, I still don't that. know what we should call this episode. We, I, we, I don't know if we decided. Um, well, I mean, Kunming is a, a jungly kind of part of uh, Yunnan. It's very lush forest, foresty. So perhaps, and it, it smells like a rich forest floor. Oh, we could have forest. So perhaps it's along the theme of forest. Forest. Without giving away the name of the gin? Well, I can I can let you know the name of the gin. The gin that we picked is um, Beware of the Woods Gin. So, yes, we could have that. And like I'm that. hoping it's got a piney edge. But, yes, the, the gin we've got, um, if you remember in Season 1, I spoke about a spit-roasted pineapple gin by that boutique gin company. And because I loved the pineapple gin so much, Craig and I decided we were going to buy a box of gin. So we bought a box of... 12 boutique gins. Um, a bit about boutique gins first. So it's boutique, like 
B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E. And then there's a dash and then a Y, which is why I was saying about the spelling. It has both have dashes in Puer yes, and Boutique has the little dash yeah. for that. And they're based down in England, um, from what I can understand. And their mission is to make themselves purveyors of the most unique and delicious gin on the planet Earth. And our aim is to bring you new and exciting flavours to excite and delight. And the reason why we wanted to try all of these kind of box of flavours, it's a little set of 12 like mini drams, is that um, they have such kind of different flavours coming through. They are quite strong gins. This one that we're going to have, the Beware of the Woods gin, is 46%. And most of them in the box are 46%. And it almost looks like, it's not marketed as, but like a Christmas advent kind. Because I was talking, we were talking, we started our podcast journey with our coffee podcast last year yeah. and i'm thinking maybe a gin podcast this year this could be something we could do although yeah. that's a lot of gin to drink for all of december yeah but if we're gonna be drinking december is the month to do that it is the month everyone says at christmas you drink so yeah. um it's definitely there so we've got this come through these little kind of drams and they're quite cute because they've used wax on the top of them and i quite like that little added touch yeah. kind of drip down because i've had some other gins with the wax coming through and there's quite a few different ones. I'm just going to grab the box, which I have here. You can hear it rattling, but it's quite a nice kind of picture. So this one, because I wanted Craig to try the pineapple gin, although you could have tried mine, you've got your own little dram. Yeah. Uh, got cherry, moonshot, which the cold brew coffee, which we were tempted to try. And yes. I think it's high on the list, but we thought it wouldn't quite go with the puer kind yeah. of joining. So we will try that and give you our opinion another time. Spit Roasted Pineapple is actually a lot lower in volume. It's only 40.1. Chocolate Orange, which sounds nice. Smoked Rosemary, which was too smoky because we had a try of that the other day. I try that and it's just not so tasty. Chocolate Cherry. Yuzu, which I'm not sure I like. Rhubarb Triangle. I did try that. It was very nice, very rhubarb-y. It was different to the Warner's yeah, rhubarb, right. but it was nice. Yeah. The finger lime gin, which is very limey. Very limey. We've got Beware of the Woods, and I actually tried the Neroli gin, which is very floral. Yes. It yeah. was really floral, like you were eating plants. But I did like it. Yeah. So it was good. Um. Anyway, facts about Beware of the Woods gin before we try it, because it's quite nice in its little dram. Let me try and see what I had from it. So, um... Yeah, it's saying like you're going deep into a primordial forest and uh, with perfumes and smells like big bad wolves, which, yeah, because it's got a little picture of like a little red hiding to a lady in a dress. And if you go down to the woods today, you'll meet this lovely gin. Um, all of the boutique gins are quite interesting. They've got really lovely pictures, which is a quite a unique uh, selling point for them. You know, it's quite yeah, unique. Yeah, the artwork's attractive. USP from that. And they actually have an artist because I decided to have a look who does all the pictures for them called Grace Ward, who's based down Herefordshire. And she's like done all these lovely designs. And it's a really big selling point Mm. of the company to have these such pictures because they look like almost like computer done pictures, but I think they're actually hand drawn that she's kind of done Mm. for them. Mm -hmm. And they just really suit the pictures and the, the bottles stand out because of these pictures. And it's a really nice kind of extra things to have to that. And it's a nice thing they've kind of done to have this artist drawing all of them and adding to it yeah so we've kind of like the pictures and what she's done so yeah good selling point great to see and um yeah that's how you'll see these gins on the shelf uh the beware of the woods gin they said also is exclusively available at harvey nichols or in this box so um might be hard for us to find again if we like it yeah i think it's quite expensive though isn't it uh, well, I don't think it's, it's not ridiculously expensive. I don't think it's too bad. I think it's in the category of about £40, you know, of our premium yeah, gins. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's 
over the top at all. And this box actually didn't cost that much. I think it was about £30. £30, 12 little 30 yeah. milligram drams, I thought was decent for what you get. And the fact is you get to try and we want to try all these different flavours. And this is a nice way, well, at least we thought, to try many different flavours of gin because this is also the selling point of you having all these gins mm-hmm. and these flavours and wanting all these things. And because I love the pineapple, spit-roasted pineapple so much, yes, we have this right. as well. Yeah. So... We'll try the gin. You, Craig has already mixed it with yes. with tonic with yes. our uh, Fever Tree Mediterranean tonic. Uh, we're not sponsored, endorsed, or as affiliated with them, but we keep using Fever Tree tonic when you try it. Yes, yeah, so please, Fever Tree, send us some tonic. <laughs> well, send tonic to Craig because I don't like tonic, but yes, I like your lemonade. We have lemonade. Yeah. Anyway, so on the nose, it says it's got minty, sweet, and earthy, and it does have this kind of herbaceous. Because we went back to herbalicious flavors. But I do get a bit of that mint, actually. I find it quite sort of piney and citrusy. Pineapple citrusy. That's what it says more on the palate, herbaceous citrus and vanilla. Oh, right. But it has got that earthy. It does smell almost like, because we live quite, like, quite near forest, and it has that kind of smell. You know when yeah. just after it's rained yeah. and the trees have this kind of smell to them, which is really quite hard to describe otherwise. But that's what it reminds me of, and it's quite nice through there. And um, going through it. I'm waiting for you to try and then I can sip. Yeah, I've been sipping away at it. I oh, think okay. it's actually quite nice. So what are you thinking? And I'll have a little try. It's sort of, it's, it actually works really well with the Mediterranean tonic um, because it's got those pines and the citrus flavour and those kind of herby flavours that you might find along the Mediterranean coast. It actually works really well with the Mediterranean tonic. It it's is. quite refreshing and light and lovely. It feels like a proper grown-up gin, though, doesn't it? It's not gimmicky or anything it's just a really good quality gin it does it feels like because we've had some other gins because i guess we had the sweet ones last week um this one it just feels like a nice gin you get all those kind of flavors the herby flavors but it has this warmth and spice mm. at the back of it that kind of lingers around your mouth it almost feels like i've just tried it so i had it all kind of wrapped around my mouth and then this kind of like warm spice kind of goes trickles down the back down yeah. one side as it finishes and it says it's got a note of peppercorn black peppercorn yeah. but the spice does linger it's sort of like you don't even get it the first sip you get it and it comes later so it sort of like peters out so is this almost you're leaving the woods and it wants to kind of leave its mark on you that's what it feels like because it's saying beware of the woods so you've gone through the woods it was all nice all lovely but it has that kind of hidden danger or depth I would yes. say the best way to describe it. And that's what this gin has. It ha- It's quite layered, quite um, refined in the fact you're going through these stages because some gins are very monotone. They don't have the depth. Yeah. That you, you'll get that flavour and then nothing else, whereas this one develops on your palate to yeah. kind of leave that flavour, take you on the journey through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a nice clear gin as well. It's one of the uh, styles of gin that I prefer, like a nice clean and it is clean it's it's got that nice peppery pine needly taste but it doesn't feel like it's clinging to your tongue it just it's Mm-mm. just there um yeah so, no i really like that as a gin i would actually buy that as a bottle of gin yeah it's good it was another one that i like the pineapple better but that's because i love pineapple but yeah. i would have this as a gin just to enjoy because it has that depth with all the flavors coming through and i think it's a london dry as we know about the different styles it is a london dry gin with the style of the quality you can tell the quality from it as well yeah with that um they've put it as a negroni mm. with some campari actually i've just realized it's had some of this gin some campari and some sweet rooibos tea 
What? So they're actually putting the cocktail as tea with this, we which is quite need a, to do that. Quite a nice. We're going to have to buy some of this. Dave, once we've drunk, yes. Um, beep, beep, beep. Um, <laughs> and we'll have to get some Campari. But yeah, that's lots a, of ice. Oh, wow. I wish uh, but we'd sweet seen that tea. So we could have actually tried it with some of it because I've still got the rooibos downstairs. We have Campari though. I think we're doing a tea cocktail. Aren't we doing a tea gin cocktail? Specials episode. Or yeah, we are. And also a tea episode. tasting for me, which I'm getting better because I picked out the yes. two air yeah, tea. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, we'll have to do a tea, but we could get more of this gin and then put it with the rooibos and get some Campari. Yes. Because that'd be yeah, quite yeah, a nice yeah. cocktail to see what it's like. We do like a cocktail. We do. In Co- fact, uh, this week, I think you posted up some beautiful yeah, just cocktails. We, yeah, the weekend just gone, put yeah. up some cocktail. We went for cocktails. We hadn't really been out. You know, we went out for a bit of lunch. Yeah, it was good. Delicious. We took and we took Chris, the producer, out. We treated him. Well, yeah. not really, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went for food, and it was just quite nice to have that. It and I so had nice. ah, you actually had a Pilgrim's Bramble yeah. cocktail, which was using the St Andrew's Pilgrim's gin, which might you know be coming up soon for us <laughs> to tell you about because it's on our plan, uh, which is a really nice gin. I won't spoil any more of that, but it was a brambly one, so it had this kind of like bramble flavour, and actually really refreshing. Yeah. And you and you because you were driving had I had a virgin mojito. Yeah, but it was still good. I love mojito. Absolutely. I'm not such a fan because it's just a bit much sometimes. The flavours are too intense for me yeah, with the kind yeah, of yeah. punch of the minty in the, yeah. It wasn't actually too minty. There was just enough of a balance. It was quite limey and I think that would have been balanced out if it actually had some alcohol in it. But no, it was very tasty. I really enjoyed that. It so. looked nice and good and it was quite nice to have cocktails. So we should have more cocktails. We should have more cocktails. We've got enough gin now, so. Well, exactly. And uh, tea. Yeah, and on another kind of, I'll go back to this gin, but uh, gin note, I bought, so because I, cause I love it so much, the bloody Shiraz gin. Yeah. I bought another bottle because I've nearly finished the first bottle, which is quite rare for me. And the new bottle is the new vintage, which quite exciting because I never get to talk about vintage with gin, but it's yeah. the, the first bottle we had, the 2019 wine, so the 2019 harvest for the Shiraz, and now I've got the 2020. Oh, wow. And it's actually really nice. Um, There's not much in it. Um. I possibly prefer the 2019 because it's got a little bit more age, like the original, but the new one's nice. Cool. And um, it's been coined as a gintage. Nice. A gin vintage. There you go. Yeah, yeah, like that. So, um, yeah, it was good. And it's quite interesting to have that kind of difference of the blend of different drinks and what it's changing Mm. with that. Mm. So, yeah, there we go. That is what we tried. But, yeah, Beware of the Woods, definitely a hit. Yeah, I like it. The woods might be scary, but, you know, this uh, still quite nice aftertaste. So the Boutique Gin, they are definitely big thumbs up with what we've most Pretty of much so far. The only one that I personally didn't like, and I, I don't think you liked it, was the Smoky Rosemary. But that's our personal taste. I think if you liked smoky things, it would probably be really nice. And I do like rosemary in a gin, but... For me, it was too smoky. I have to try it because I only tried a little bit of yours, but you'd already put tonic with it. Yeah. I might have to try it Sophie style on its own yeah. and see how smoky it is because I sometimes like smoky edge although the Lapsan Sujon was a bit much yes. with that but it was still good that would have been a hell on earth episode if we did Lapsan Sujong and smoky rosemary boutique gin could you I imagine th- I think my palate might have you know, <laughs> died on me or something because it would have just had the smoky stuff going all the way around going rum, 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 rum. yeah because uh, like we do try to match match and pair the tea with the gin or the gin with the tea so that we are having a 
harmonious yes. flavor <laughs> because we're doing one immediately after the other. If if the flavors were to contrast too much, it would it would kind of detract from what we're enjoying. Yes, which is very true. But yeah, the, these are good. The tea was good. Shall we see how we do on our little game show? Yeah. Because you're three, two up, halfway point. But we've only got actually two more flavours to go through. Yes. So either I can get it three all and then win four three. Or, um, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see what our, what questions we get from our maestro. So, question, maestro, who is here? How are you doing today? I'm not bad at all, yeah. We said that we went for cocktail with you this week. You uh, you didn't have cocktails, though. No. No. But you did have a delicious meal. I did have a delicious meal. I'm still quite full. <laughs> even, even after all this time. <laughs> okay, so Craig is free to up, and we'll see what questions we've got today. Is there a theme today? Uh, theme is largely tea. <laughs> it's largely tea, I'm not going to lie. Okay, that's fine, I'm prepared. It's been a very tea-heavy episode. Yeah, it's okay, no, no, we did speak about the gin, and there was a lot of gin. So, we're ready, we're ready. Okay. Yeah. Question one, then? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Uh, how old is the oldest tea tree in China? Rough. 850 years old. That's pretty old. I think you could have a tree that old, though. Oh, you can get trees that are much older. I know. There's been a tea tree that old. Um, I don't know. I don't know how old you can get tea trees, so I'll just go for that. Hmm, I'm going to say... 480 years old. Okay, well, according according to goodhousekeeping.com, <laughs> take this as real, uh, it's 3,200 years old. What? I don't I find well. that impossible to believe that's a bit <laughs> so, mad that's what they're saying okay but let's say we've got the higher one wins oh, Sophie, you're definitely the closest yeah but i'm still not that close <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure it was like a thousand years i was like mm, maybe but i'll go just under in case i but... think the oldest plant in the world is a pine tree and i think it's around about would i be exaggerating if i said ten thousand years old but it's wow. extreme. I mean, that's wow. extremely well, it unusual. Big, like, because trees, of course, the rings come every year, so it must be quite a big. Well, no, because it's, it's perched on a on a precipice, so it's actually not huge. Oh, okay, that's quite interesting then. The oldest tree in Scotland, I think, is about four thousand years. Well, we should have gone older for the tea trees then. Yeah, but I I didn't think because they've only been drinking tea for four thousand years. What trees? So that's one of the originals. All right. Okay. There we go. So, question two then. How many in percentage? What's the percentage of Scottish people who prefer sugar in their tea? <laughs> Scandalous. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to go first, Craig? Yeah, Being Scottish. I think it's quite high. I don't know. I'm trying to think of my own family. At least three of the adults in our family of, say, approximately 10 adults take tea. So therefore, 30%. But I'm going to say... Yeah, I'm going to say 30%. I don't know if to go higher or lower because all the people I know don't take sugar in their tea. Mm. But Scottish, it seems to have a sweet tooth up here. Um, you know what, I'm going to go with 49 as it's my favourite number. So it's 30, there's 49. 41%. Oh, you're closer. Just... Yeah, well Very done. Close. 
Oh, okay. That's quite high, actually. Yeah. yeah. That is quite high. I was to... thinking 40%. I wish I'd gone with 40 no, you should have. That's well, you can we rewind and do that one again? No, <laughs> no, we can't. It's apparently compared to 26% of people who take it in Yorkshire. Oh, okay. Well, that's because they have more sense in Yorkshire then. Or they don't like to spend so much money. That is also true. Because they are, <laughs> they are um, very... Um, well, I can't remember what the word is I want now. I think we should just oh, move on. on. <laughs> yeah, we moved to question three, but I've already won, Craig, so... Not necessarily. I've won. I'm, I've got oh, yeah, I know you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go but for it. We'll have question three to see if you redeem your tea knowledge. Yeah. Because usually, well, actually, you get the gin, I get the tea questions. Yeah. It's a switch. <laughs> uh, what year did expenditure on coffee overtake the amount spent on tea? In Britain, that is. What year? 2000. 2000. I think there was a switch when it kind of went to the new millennium with tea to coffee. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's, it's possible, actually. Um, I'll go with 2000. I was thinking round about when you had the Starbucks. Too trip. much earlier. Much earlier, tea was a much more expensive commodity than coffee. Mm -hmm. So then you come up to more recent times, and as you say, there's been a huge change. Most people drink coffee over tea nowadays. Mm -hmm. So you're saying 2000? Yeah, I'll go with 2000. I'm going to say 2000 and... Four. 1998. <laughs> I was going to say 99, but then I went with 2000 because I was like... Is that yeah. when Starbucks started to come about? When did they... Didn't they get founded like 97 or something? I think so. I thought it was the Starbucks revolution that would have swapped it. Yeah. Sophie, three out of three. I know, I was quite shocked. I don't know if you've had that. That's amazing. Oh, well, you get to choose um, the ingredient to be added to our delicious gym. Oh, well, it's quite tricky. We don't have anything like anything kind of interesting with this but ooh, i think i think one of them is is it dry ginger okay yes i yes. think i'm trying to remember all the ones we've got left that i still like and yes. i do like ginger i do like my ginger beer i think we are dried ginger and that will go with the suitable. other flavors so yeah i will go with the dry ginger i think so what we've got so far is um elderberries and, uh, yeah, elderberries. Uh, obviously, we're putting juniper in, uh, orange and lemon, rose, uh, cassia, pimp, pink peppercorns. Yeah, not pimps. <laughs> and dry ginger. So that's yep. us got seven. Yeah, we've got one more actually, and we're items. three for three. So next week is the finale. With Holy mackerel! The questions with what Chris questions for that? <gasps> yeah, because we're having seven in oh the juniper. God, it's almost like it was scripted, and it actually wasn't. No, it's scripted. We've just been answering <sighs> the questions every oh, week, and so I pulled it back to three for three. Shall I tell you what we're playing for then? We're playing for either licorice. Which we're not, because neither of us like it. No. Fennel. Yeah. Lemongrass. Yeah. Or coffee. I don't think the coffee's going to go. I don't think the coffee's going to go. So we're kind of down to lemongrass or fennel. I think I, I don't I don't hate licorice as much as I did, so I might pick it, because I think it'll go with the rest of it. Don't you flip in there. I vetoed licorice, actually. Did you? Yeah. I'm going to check. You can do. I can't remember. If we you jointly leave. vetoed it, and then you vetoed lavender. Yeah, because I don't like lavender. So, so either we're having fennel or lemongrass. Is that what you're saying? Basically, or we'll have to get the UN involved. Or Chris. Yeah. And on that uh, diplomatic note, I think we'll end. Last words, Craig. Um, 
when you're out in the forest and you find a bunch of bears having a picnic, just remember, keep calm, keep cool, do not swear, for they are the swear care bears. You brought them back. They're back. <laughs> They're back. Yeah, don't shout bears. Actually, I think bears, you're meant to curl up in a ball, is it? If you yeah, play in the dead. Ball, play dead. Don't, because some of the, like, if you make, like, a wild mountain cat, you're meant to make as much noise as possible. Yeah. Bears, you you, you go in a little ball. Do not climb a tree. No, because they'll come after you. Yeah. There you go. That's our top survival camping trip. <laughs> Who does always be doing a podcast <laughs> top survival? Well, we're, we're not those kind of people. We don't go camping. I like camping. We do want to go and um, dress up as our D&D characters, but that's... That's LARPing. Yeah, that's different. If you go into the woods and find a group of grown adults dressed as elves and gnomes, run. <laughs> <laughs> And on that terrifying note, uh, we'll, we'll call this episode. Uh, tune in next week for the finale of our competition. <laughs> Find out what's going in our gin. And until then, take a sip and enjoy. Drink responsibly. Do not forget to like, share and subscribe. All our stuff on Instagram. And uh, we'll catch you soon. Till then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.